Welcome back to Couple of Criminals. This is Mariah. And this is Anton, and we're your average couple reviewing your not-so-average crimes. Today's episode is number 30 of a 50-part series that will be based around a crime in each state in the United States of America and are in alphabetical order. So today's case will be based on a crime in New Jersey. All right, Anton, let's hear your highly anticipated joke of the week, and then you can get into today's case that you chose. All right, Mariah. I tried winning a suntanning competition. All I got was bronze. <laughs> That's a good one. It wasn't yeah. one I had to answer. No, it wasn't. You know, I figured I'd spare you the, spare you the opportunity of answering and oh, failing again. That's a bummer. But that's a good one. That was a good one. Yes, thank Although you. Although summer's gone. Sadly, yes. It is now getting colder, and I love it. I love it, too. It's sweatshirt season. Today we are going to be going over a case in New Jersey. The case I have chosen for us today is actually that of Carl Coppolino, a physician-turned-killer. This case took place between 1963 to 1965. This case also takes place in two different states, one in New Jersey and one in Florida, with two totally different outcomes. It all starts right around the age of 30 for Carl, when he was a well-known anesthesiologist in the New Jersey area, but lo and behold, a heart condition keeps him from being able to continue his work as a doctor. His whole life was pretty much upended from the news, besides his lovely wife, Carmela, still by his side. They were able to make it off his disability checks, checks from writing, and also the salary of Carmela, who was also a physician at the time. This would all come tumbling down as Carl started having an affair with the neighbor's wife. These neighbors were William Farber and Marjorie Farber. She was much older than him at the age of 48, but she still looked much younger for her age, um, that people would say. And how old was he again? He was 30 years old. Seeing how Carl was born in 1933, the year here would be 1963 if he is 30 years old. On July 30th, 1963, Marjorie called up Carl in a panic. She found William unconscious in their bedroom. Not knowing what to do, she called Carl, but Carl could not go because he was worried about losing his benefits if he was caught practicing medicine again. So who did Carl turn to in this time of need? Well, it wasn't the police, but instead decided to send his wife, Carmela, instead. Which, when she arrived at the house of the Farbers, which again, they were neighbors, so it shouldn't have taken too long for her to arrive, she found William dead. The weird thing they found on his body was that it was blue down one side, but other than that, there were no signs of distress in the body at all. And they didn't call the police? From the sound of it, no. From what I saw. I don't even know what would cause somebody to have blue down only one side of their body. I Me mean, neither. Then at Carl's asking, Carmela signed the death certificate of William Farber and stated that coronary th thrombosis was the cause of death. Any idea what coronary thrombosis is, Mariah? I have no idea, but... Oh, I have no idea. And no guesses? No. A coronary thrombosis is a blood clot that forms in the blood vessels or artery of the heart. So that could... But that doesn't make your body blue, does it? No, but this typically causes heart attacks as it can obstruct blood flow to the heart. Just because William was now dead did not mean that the affair just stopped either. The affair would continue on for another 18 months after William's death, a whole year and a half, and Carl's wife never found out about it. In April of 1965, after the affair with Marjorie had come to an end, the Copleonos decided to move to Longboat Key, Florida. This is when Wait, another... do we know why the affair ended? It's because no. they moved? They never stated why it ended. I mean, I'm assuming that's why. This is when another disaster struck. 
Carmela actually failed the Florida medical examination. This is when they started running out of money because they didn't have a steady income now. And what was her occupation in medicine she was, again? All it said was she was a physician. Oh, okay. This is when Carl decided to start dating a wealthy divorcee named Mary Gibson. So another affair from the sound of it. And the wife still had no idea? No idea. I never saw anywhere that she knew what was going on. Then on August 28, 1965 at 6 a.m., the Copliano family physician, Dr. Juliet Caro, was getting a phone call. To her surprise, it was Carl calling about how Carmelo was found dead from a heart attack. When she arrived at the house of the Coplianos, Juliet was very confused because it was very rare for a woman in their 30s to suffer from heart failure. But then also no evidence of foul play, and she ended up signing Carmelo's death certificate as a heart attack. Just 41 days later, Carl ended up marrying Mary. Okay, say that one more time. How many days? Just 41 Oh my goodness, so just a little over a month. Yep, about a month and a half, I would say. He ended up marrying this girl that he was dating. Now remember Marjorie? She actually followed Carl to Florida in an attempt to resurrect their forbidden love they had. When she found out about Carl marrying Mary instead of falling back in love with her, she went straight to Juliet and told her something that would come back to bite Carl in the butt. Marjorie told Juliet all about how Carl smothered her former husband, William, to death. This news was covered by papers everywhere for months. With this news, both Florida and New Jersey actually ordered the bodies of William Fraber and Carmela Copliano to be exhumed and looked at by Dr. Milton Helpern, who was the chief medical examiner and was the one who performed the autopsies. My thing is, is I just don't know how they didn't make a connection sooner because both were some sort of coronary or... Yeah, Yeah, so I'm going to get into it a little bit here later. Upon further analysis, he found evidence of an artificial form of curare that was used by anesthesiologists in both bodies, along with Farber's cricoid, which is a cartilage in the larynx, which was fractured, which indicated that he was strangled. With this new evidence, it led to two charges of homicide being filed against Carl Copliano. How did they not notice that he had been strangled? I mean, that's something that you would notice. Well, oh, from the sound of it, the they police. just signed off the death certificate and they buried him, from what it sounded like. Yeah, there was never an autopsy I actually I feel like ran. that's still something that the wife would have seen on the neck. You would, but I'm going to get into it here soon. The first trial took place in New Jersey... This one in 1966, and the first trial was for the murder of William Farber. The key witness here was none other than Marjorie Farber herself. When she had told the story of what happened that day William was murdered, she starts off by saying how Carl somehow cast a spell on her and how she would do anything he says because he made her do that, which led to her attempting murder of her husband. Carl gave her a syringe which was filled with some deadly solution and told her to inject it into William as he was sleeping. Although she couldn't go along with the injection part, she still injected a little bit of it into her husband. And then this is when she called Carl over. This is when Carl came over and gave William a sedative to put him to sleep, and then tried to suffocate him with a plastic bag around his head. But Marjorie begged Carl to stop, but stopping he did not. Instead of the plastic bag, he took a pillow and decided to smother him himself. Oh my gosh, that sounds terrible. Yeah, what a terrible way to die. Well, hopefully he wasn't conscious to what was going on, Yeah, though. well, so they got into a fight, but I'm assuming 
the sedative ended up kicking in eventually, and that's how he was able to take over, take over and him. kill him. That's yeah. horrible. It didn't take long, though, for the defense attorney to poke holes in Marjorie's story, as well as find holes wrong with the autopsy from Dr. Helpern. As they stated, the cricoid was damaged post-mortem with proof from other doctors as well as that of William Forever already showing signs of advanced coronary disease. That certainly could have been the reason for his death. So apparently, they said that the shovel from the grave digger accidentally broke his, his cricoid. Which is the thing that showed he was strangled. Which is the thing that showed that he was strangled. So then now you can't prove if he was strangled and or if that just happened. And it was proved that it was post-mortem that it was broken proving that it could have been the grave digger who but he also could have been dead when he was strangling him he could have been dead but and you can't prove one or the other one or the other yeah so then you have reasonable doubt yep it was a two-day trial and that was all the judge and jury needed to hear they went to deliberation and just after five hours the jury came back with the verdict this verdict was not guilty as there was just not enough evidence to convict carl copliano for the murder of william so he was not found guilty and was released? He was released, but now on April 3rd, 1967, this was when his second trial took place in Naples, Florida for the murder of his wife, Carmela. Although there was no direct evidence to link Carl to the death of his wife, Carmela, there was enough inconsistencies and motives that was enough to put it on for trial. Well, I think you have enough evidence when he gets married 40 days later to his mistress. Yeah, I agree. The only motive listed was that of money. He was running low on cash and decided to take a look at Carmela's life insurance policy, which was $65,000. And then also Mary Gibson's bank account as well, which from the sound of it was on the richer side of things. Another one was when Marjorie testified again. This time, she stated that she heard Carl on the phone saying, or after his wife's death saying, they have started the arterial work and they won't show anything anything is in the poison he injected her with what does arterial mean so from when i looked it up it was like they were putting the embalming fluid into like her body so then it wouldn't show so it wouldn't show anything oh i see okay that along with the poison he used apparently wouldn't show up at this time as it was in the 60s on any of like the toxicology reports then again, the defense attorney tried poking, poking holes into each of the testimonies, but what really was their downfall this time, unlike in New Jersey, was that Carl Copliano decided not to testify. Why didn't he? They never stated why. He just decided not to testify. Did he have a different attorney for both trials? No, it was the same attorney. It was the same attorney? Yeah. Wow, they may have given him legal advice not to... No, so the attorney actually said that this was most likely the reason for their downfall in Florida. Oh my gosh, because he because chose he not didn't, to. Yeah, because he answered in New Jersey. Apparently he answered everything like perfectly to where he showed no like signs of anything of him having to do with it. Wow, and I wonder why. I have no idea. It never said why he decided not to. I think it's because it's his wife. Yeah, it could be. With that being said, on April 28th, 1967, Carl Capiano was found guilty of second-degree murder. This was very stunning to a lot of people and still never fully explained to this day. Apparently in Florida, the law for second-degree murder implies a lack of premeditation on the part of the killer. I think that's bull crap. 
I think there is premeditation. Yeah. Now, if you ask me, you poison someone like your spouse, that would most definitely be, in my eyes, premeditated, right? The act of poisoning someone is premeditated. You like think you about know it in advance. You're poisoning them. You have to put it together. Like there's so many aspects to it of being premeditated. Not only that, how like, long had he been with the mistress? Yeah. So he was already planning this out. That also, I feel like, implies well, he that was it was only premeditated. With the mistress, like at this time, I want to say it was just a couple months. But, but then still. to go and get married with her. I think that validates that it was premeditated. Yeah, no, I agree. But he only got a second degree murder charge. So then what was his time? With this decision, it saved Carl from the death sentence and ended up starting his life in prison sentence in Rayford, Florida. Now, just only after 12 and a half years of service time, he did not get out on parole. Carl was actually let out on parole for good behavior. Oh, that is crap. Yeah. The year he was released was 1979. I never found if he's still alive or not to this day. But to this day, Carl is the only person to be charged with two entirely separate love triangle murders. And if either one would have been taken on its own, most likely would have resulted in an acquittal. But because of them coming so quickly and back to back, it was just too much for one man to try and overcome it. Now, that is the case of Carl Capriano, the physician-turned-love triangle killer. I still can't believe he didn't get charged in the first one. But I understand there was reasonable doubt. There was a lot, because I want to say when they, the judge sent the jury to deliberation, he said that you have to be like pretty much 100% sure that he did it. And from what it sounds like, the they, jury they came back to that they weren't sure that he did it with all these other reasonable doubts. Well, and then I'm shocked that they didn't try and do a retrial. No, I agree. Well, you can't really get tried. Oh, you know, because he, he was found innocent. acquitted yeah, of it. So you can't get retried can't for get it retried. again. So we'll never know from, from the sounds of it, he did kill William. How old would he be today? Um... I mean, he'd be in his 90s. He's he'd probably, be 90. He probably passed away. Because he's There's in no way. 1933 was when he was born. So yeah, he'd be 90 if he was still around today. What a crazy case. I honestly cannot believe. I've never even heard about him before. Yeah, me neither until I, until I looked it up. Yeah. Well, and I just think it's so interesting that, like, I get it that you get out on good behavior, but this person murdered another person. I don't think there's any level of good behavior that should get you out Especially or, if you killed someone. Yeah, like he killed another person. He let alone, he killed two people. Killed two only people, convicted for one, though. Got away with the other one. Like, I don't think that warrants getting out. Now, I wonder if he would have ended up getting acquitted for his wife's murder if he would have ended up killing more people. I mean, we'll never know, but he very well could have. Well, yeah, and then what if he, you know, you go on to cheat on your, you know, your newfound wife. Yeah, it was just a they, brutal, a brutal cycle. Yeah, yeah, well, it could have been a brutal could cycle. Could have been, yeah. And did it ever say, like, his life after prison, or did no, it? No, it didn't. It just ended yeah. right there. Oftentimes, people will go on to change their names and their yeah, identity. Yeah, they'll change their name and identity, move to elsewhere. Yeah, like and then we're supposed state, to believe that they just stopped killing? Yeah, and we, I guess we won't know. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you for listening to Couple of Criminals. We will see you back here next week where I will be reviewing a crime from the state of New Mexico. Until then, this is your Couple of Criminals. Signing off.